Welcome to Life in Translation, where we briefly discuss trends and developments in the translation and localization industries. Today we sat down with host Aaron Alder, the owner of Metaphrase and a translator himself, to discuss his background, his thoughts on the industry, and the future of this podcast. When were you first exposed to non-English languages? Yeah, let's see. I was born in Southern California. I'm the youngest of seven children. Um, grew up in a household where a little German was spoken. My last name is Alder, which is Swiss, and my dad speaks German. And so he would say things to me like, um, how does it schmeck? And Zybrov and Passauf and Erdbeeren and things like that. And then I, I served an LDS mission to Munich, Germany and spent two years in Germany. And I was one of those missionaries that wanted to be fluent at the end of the of my tour in Germany. Of course, I never achieved that and never will achieve that. But I took a lot of pride in, in being very fluent, knowing a lot of vocabulary, knowing idiomatic phrases. What was your path to becoming a linguist like? When I finished my two years in Germany, I was accepted to Utah State University. I wanted to be a doctor like my dad. Took a couple of chemistry classes and decided that I would not be a doctor. And uh, German was the easy route to go. And so I studied German at Utah State. I had a really great um, advisor, Hans M. I can't remember his last name now, um, who could tell my interest in German in particular, but also in translation. And so he, he kind of prompted my, uh, my journey in translation and localization. When I was, when I was done though, at Utah State with my bachelor's, I didn't, I didn't have a teaching license. And what do you do with the degree in German? Um, so without a teaching license, I couldn't teach high school. And so I, um, I joined the army and I joined the army as a linguist, but not as a German linguist, as a Korean linguist. They, they test you back then. I think it's probably the same now. They test you on your ability to learn a language. Um, it's called the, the D-Lab test, defense language aptitude battery. And I tried really hard, um, unfortunately, and they gave me Korean. I love Korean and I love Korean food and culture and everything about it, but it's, it's, definitely a very different um, language from German. It's not related. It's not Indo-European like German is. When I was getting ready to finish up there, I uh, was accepted to the master's program in linguistics at Brigham Young University. And um, so at that point, I, I moved back to Utah and um, started my master's program what experiences have you had working in translation and localization? I was offered a, a job as a project manager, a translation project manager at a company called Lingo Systems in Portland, Oregon. They are still around, but they're called Language Line now. They've been purchased or sold a couple of times. So, um, But that's where I started as it really in the industry itself as a project manager. Well, I eventually got a, a job as a translation pro project manager for Intel. Um, who also in Portland, Oregon, and uh, that was a great experience learning how to work um, in a big a big company, how decisions are data driven, and how meetings are run, and things like that. And 
Um, and then I had a family, um, the family kind of tra- tragedy um, after I'd been at Intel for about five years. And uh, it, I kind of stepped back a little bit. Intel kind of owned me at that point. And I was working a lot of hours and my kids were young. And, and I stepped back from that and realized that um, I didn't, I didn't want to have that kind of lifestyle. I was willing to make less money. So while I was working at Intel, I had a colleague also doing translation project management who was doing translation on the side and her second language was German also. And I thought, you know, I could, I could do that. I wasn't doing that. I was just doing project management at the time. And, um, I could do that and I want, it'll help me keep up my German language skills. And, and so I started to learn how to do that. And within about a year and because of the family tragedy that we had, I, I had started, I was making more money working on my own as a freelance translator than I was at Intel. And so, um, I, I kept that up, um, when the family tragedy happened and I ended up moving to, uh, back to Provo to work for Powerglide as a, as a manager developing, uh, language courses for mostly for homeschoolers. And, um, but I quickly decided that, um, I was making more or determined that I was making more money doing freelance translation than I was working for anybody else. And it, in about 2003, I went solo. And I, so my, my only income was as a freelance translator. What led to you starting your own business? I, I realized, having worked on the other side of things as a project manager, I realized that I was, as a freelance translator, I was really doing all the heavy lifting. It's kind of the hard work of the in- industry. And so... Um, and I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. Um, I did want to work for myself. I knew that. And so I decided at that point that I needed to be managing other people doing translation. And that's when I started, um, metaphrase to this day. I still do a lot of German to English translation. It's just something that I love and I can't get away from. And it also floats a lot of the things that I want to do. Um, not only in the company, but personally, it, it gives me a little extra income that I'm able to make, um, do things that I want to like travel and things like that. So, um, yeah. And so uh, I've been running Metaphrase since about 2003 and, uh, and I love it and I couldn't work for somebody else. And I, I love the operations part of the, the operations side of things. But I um, also love the business side of things and getting to know people and helping businesses do um, work in other languages around the world. What do you want this podcast to be? We want to start a tradition here. Um, i talking about the future of translation and localization. We want to make this cutting edge. We want to know what is really happening in, in the industry not what is taught in a textbook or in a class at a university, which are all great things, but what is really happening in the industry? Um, what problems are, are project managers faced with or businesses that want to do um, business in other languages? Um, what are the things that they are facing and how are they overcoming those things? Um, we want to interview leaders in the industry 
Um, and we want to get their, their hot takes of what they think is important now and going forward in the industry. What's your personal hot take? To start things off, let me share with you one of my hot takes. Quality in translation, and in particular in machine translation, is huge. Machine translation is not going away. The good news is the human element in machine translation is also not going away. In fact, it will only become more important in the future as machine translation plays a bigger role in our world. We're going to talk a lot more about this in the future. If you want to stay up to date in current trends in translation and localization, this is the podcast to listen to. Thanks for listening. We look forward to hosting a lot more of these in the future. This has been Life in Translation. Thank you for tuning in and staying up to date with the latest trends in translation and localization. If you like what you heard, subscribe to LIT wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more, check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you.